Internet. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as we have been doing, and what a festive uh, and celebratory night we've had tonight. Uh, It's been an interesting night, uh, but uh, we've celebrated the life and legacy of Christopher Columbus in the last hour. Now moving into our third and final hour, uh, we're going to be talking with two of our friends at Antelope Hill Publishing. Now, they have been mainstay. Well, they. Antelope Hill Publishing uh, talent creators have been and content creators have been mainstays throughout this year. That was something that Taylor Young and I, who's part of the editorial team there at AntelopeHillPublishing.com, uh, uh, put together in the early weeks of uh, 2023 uh, that uh, once a month we would feature some of the talent there at Antelope Hill. And uh, it has not left us wanting. I think each one has been incredible. Uh Different topics, different books, different conversations, but all interesting. And we're doing it again tonight uh, in tandem. Taylor Young of Antelope Hill uh, Publishing is with us. And also Sean Bell, who has written a book that we'll be talking about here in just a moment. But we'll first let these two gentlemen say hello. Taylor, first you, then Sean. Great to have you both on the show tonight. Hey, yeah, it's wonderful to be back. Uh, Always happy to be here talking with you and uh, talking to your audience. Yeah, we'll be talking a little bit more about... Well, Sean, of course, uh, for you tonight, making your debut appearance, it's, it's great to get to know you better and certainly uh, interested to know more about uh, your recently published book there at Antelope Hill. But, Taylor, of course, you've been supplying, uh, supplying us. We'll talk a little bit more about this later this hour uh, with each and every one of the authors that we featured this year. And it has gone by, I think, far too quickly. I, I can remember talking with you back in January, February it was, and now here we are in October, and it just doesn't seem like it's been – that long but uh, nevertheless uh welcome both and sean uh to you uh, since this is your first time tell us a little bit more this is one thing i really enjoy doing with first-time guests especially the kind of guests who produce the content that antelope hill publishes tell us a little bit more about your background and what led you from um, the beginning to uh this terminus you bet yeah um i think it's probably a rather unusual story in the sense that i grew up like about as progressive as it gets like uh in in the middle of a major city with yeah no it's it's uh, it's unusual having bounced around in these circles for you know the last five years or so i i don't meet a whole lot of people who followed my path uh yeah man i would i i I grew up with parents who have all the right opinions about stuff uh with the one major distinction that i would call them like like genuine liberals, like actually consistent on some of the free speech stuff that was a big deal in earlier iterations of liberalism. So like a story I always tell people is, um, I don't know if you're familiar, but I think it was back in the 70s, uh, there was there was like a National Socialist rally in a uh, Jewish suburb of Chicago, and the ACLU yeah, fought, fought for yeah, the Nazis. Sure. Yeah, no, and that that's like an example Stokey. that... Exactly. Skokie, Skokie Illinois. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's like a story that 
I remember my mom telling me as as an example of like, yeah, that's what this country is all about. So even though they have all so those classical all those, liberal, we don't believe in your we don't believe in what you say, but you're right to say it type of liberal. Exactly. And consistent about it, which, uh, you know, I, I I could still talk to him about stuff, which I, I genuinely, genuinely appreciate. Um, but yeah, then the the thing that sort of you know, sent sent me off in another direction is just the brute fact of inequality, I suppose. Uh, and I, I worked my way from noticing individual inequality, right? So people who are dissidents from the mainstream when it comes to individual inequality find themselves becoming libertarians, right? And, and somehow I came across Ayn Rand at the age of 13 or 14 or whatever, uh, and I, I, that was that was sort of the first book that told me, like, it's okay to be better than other people. Some people are better than other people. These are, like, you're not a bad person for uh, for, for for feeling that way. Recognizing and, differences. Recognizing yes. differences in talent and ability. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I would say that that's sort of like a, a constant in my journey. I, I don't know very much stuff, frankly. I, I it, it freaks me out to be talking to all these people because i don't feel like i know much but if i know one thing it is it is that that we are all different from one another and that that's fine we can work with that we can find a, a decent solution to that situation but the way to get to that solution is not to deny it whether on the individual level or on on the group level uh yeah and so you know what we were saying uh at the break at the break before then that basically all of the left-wing movements that have proceeded to take over and bedevil us since the end of World War II are based on gaslighting, making you feel guilt and feel bad about yourself for something you have no responsibility for. So that's why it's really important to get these ideas out here. They don't want them to even be discussed because people, the more they discuss them, will realize just how gaslit they actually are. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember it's it's so funny looking back on this, but I remember like 10 years ago when I was into I, you know, I don't laugh at me too bad, you guys, but I was into Internet atheism at one point. And, and I remember it like really disturbing me to hear there was sort of a schism in Internet atheism 10 years ago around like Islam and criticizing Islam, which, you know, it's been, it's been done to death. It's the most obvious thing in the world. And, 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 and I remember even that, like sort of sending shivers down my spine. And I, I, you know, I, I think that probably the thing that kept me looking is that I'm the sort of person that like, when I feel that dark feeling like, Ooh, this is, this is something new. This is some new powerful magic. Like I, I'm just, I just want to keep looking deeper and deeper and deeper, find the, find the most powerful words you can say and the most powerful ideas you can espouse. Now, we're about to talk, uh, talk about your first book, and then we're going to get uh, back to uh, Taylor, who has brought us all together. I mean, really working with Taylor over the course of the last year is responsible for a lot of uh, great hours of radio on TPC over the course of this year. Uh, but uh, this was uh, your first book, right? That's correct, yep. All right, and... Uh, if you don't mind me asking, I don't want you to give away too much personal information, but uh, how old are you, Sean? I'm coming up on 30. 
Okay, so you're in your 20s, and uh, you, you've just written your first book, and you talked a little bit about your journey and uh, some of your upbringing and uh, where you are now. Uh, the title of the book is an interesting one, uh, Post with an Hyphen, Post with a Hyphen. And, of course, you can find this at antelopehillpublishing.com, and we'll be telling you more about it in the next segment. But uh, an interesting title. What does it mean? Right. So, um, and, and you'll see it on the back of the book if you purchase the book. Uh, you know, post is this prefix that can be appended to a wide variety of words. Maybe the most obvious would be postmodern, but post-truth was a thing that was being thrown around in the liberal media at one point. Post-war, maybe with a capital W to indicate World War II. Uh, and for me, like, there's if there's one thing that characterizes our uh, epoch, it's, it's this being after everything, after the age of exploration, after the time when... Yeah, after the time when the world was mapped and known. Uh, I... I, I, Hold on right there. Hold on right there. Post or after. Post hyphen is the book. AnnapillPublishing.com. We're with its author. Stay tuned. Materialistic science states the universe and everything in it emerged from an unguided, chaotic expansion of space-time matter energy labeled the Big Bang. But far from being the result of a chaotic Big Bang, the universe was initiated and put into ordered motion by the Creator. Thomas Jefferson, in the Declaration of Independence, attributed the laws of nature to the Creator, nature's God. Now, the Declaration of Wide Independence by Kyle McDermott sets the record straight from the inception of the laws of nature and of nature's God to the right of all the peoples of mankind to be self-governing within their own homelands. This book provides an ideology to utterly defeat the woke globalist communist tyrants. The Declaration of Wide Independence is a highly recommended addition to community, college, and university library philosophy collections and supplemental curriculum studies lists. Available at the Dixie Republic and Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, DixieRepublic.com, and at Barnes & Noble. Matthew 24:24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21. Our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3. The many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. Back with uh, two people you need to know more about, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to be sure. Sean Bell, author of the book Post, and that's Post with a hyphen, post-modern, post-Western, post-European, post-whatever, and that's probably good. Uh, we're talking about his book, also Taylor Young, uh, a part of the editorial team at uh, antelopehillpublishing.com, which has uh, given us uh, so many great guests this year, and it's been a real uh, privilege and pleasure to partner with Antelope Hill 
and uh, we certainly hope that that will continue. We're going to bring uh, Taylor back on in very short order, but Sean, you were giving us a little bit more information about your book, its title, and its contents. Now, I could read uh, from the back page of the book, uh, but rather than do that, let's just have you put it into your own words. What is the book about? Well, the book is a collection of short stories, so uh, in terms of like a a plot through line you're, you're not going to find much of that uh the the stories take place in you know environments both realistic and unrealistic uh some are more blatantly you know politically al allegorical uh others perhaps hint more at the general spirit of the times we find ourselves in but um it's it's uh, it's a collection of, of of short stories. I don't know if that's a very good answer, but that's that's what well, it is. Well, it, it is a good and I like you know of course. Hear about something. Hold like on, you got to turn your mic on, Keith. After all these years, I, I was going to say that when I hear something like that, a collection, I think something like Sherwood Anderson's Winesboro, Ohio, or something. Is there any connection with that type of Well, I mean, approach? even in, in, in my book, I mean, you had a collection of stories. I mean, I, I think Sean's saying that there's not necessarily a tie that binds, but but Taylor can tell us more about that. Taylor, I know you wanted to comment on some of the stories that are contained in Post. Yeah, so um, I've said before, I don't know if it was on, on this show or somewhere else, but th this is one of my uh, favorite books that we've actually ever published. And... Um, uh, it's 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 true that there's a lot of diversity in terms of the settings of these stories and uh, um, kind of the themes that that they talk about. But I like to I, I like to always look for kind of like an overarching story in anything. Uh, if it's music I listen to or a book I read, and to me this is um, it's it's about the whole experience basically of of being white specifically um in the postmodern era so um and, and the whole experience of not just like the political aspect but even just like the human aspect as well there's stories about like um kind of looking at like the, the the pitfalls of of a relationship between like like two um uh, uh um like middle school boys who are friends with each other or, or there's one story where it's um a, a man who's like um basically uh never found love because he just like was never able to just kind of like take the plunge and, and and go for something so there's there's a lot more than than just politics but even from like a political standpoint um there's a lot that that i find really really insightful and that i really kind of connected with while reading it um i don't know if you uh maybe want me to go into any of the stories in particular uh but um there's a, well, I, I would I actually, highlight... Taylor, I would, if you don't mind, at, at the expense of, of Sean, or not at the expense of, but in addition to, I, I will read, uh, I will actually read now the back cover just to give people a better idea, because I, I am familiar and I take it for granted that everybody will be familiar with what this book is about. And then we'll toss it back to you, Taylor. Uh, but uh, this is the uh, back cover of the, of the book Post by Sean Bell, a fatigued traveler discovers a girl with a mysterious power in a city that simultaneously becomes the center of a global hoax, setting a new political paradigm. A young man wanders into and out of an incredible inheritance in a scenario set up to contemplate the spiritual condition of race of a race in its twilight. 
Now, that's, that's provocative to think about, folks. Ordinary men in different contexts lend their eyes for a glimpse into the complexity and causes of social sondering in America. The above briefly describes a few of the stories, the parables, and the allegories that filled this book, Post by Sean Bell. These stories, at once imaginative and down-to-earth, contain settings ranging from alternative futures and magical time travel to the real-life backwoods of America and a cast of characters including baby boomers who should have uh, politically awoken but never will, working-class dissidents struggling in an atomized society, and the weak fathers and feminist mothers who failed to raise them. Each story is written not only with a skilled pen, but also a deeply perceptive understanding of the complexities of human relationships and personalities and the profoundly rooted causes of modern Western society's terminal decay. Now we're talking, folks, touching upon themes including the temptation of fatalism, the futility of conservatism. That is a key one right there. The victimization of individuals by forces outside their control, the failure of authority figures, the pitfalls of human interpersonal struggles, and forever lost romances. This anthology will undoubtedly capture the attention of political dissidents and scholars of the human condition alike. Taylor, you said it before, and we have covered so many great books and great authors going back to uh, the a book on the op opioid epidemic about a year ago now, and so many different Antelope Hill books and authors since then, but you were saying uh, that this is one that really stands at the cream of the crop of the Antelope Hill stable of talent and, and productions. You write, sure to be an instant classic, uh, Sean Bell's debut work, Post. Yeah, so um, if, I, if I could uh, highlight um, just two of the stories in this one. One would be uh, called Blue Mountain Trust, which is probably my favorite story in the book. And it's, uh, uh, in the story actually, the, the character, the, the main character is told from his perspective and when he's referred to by other people, he goes by Sean Bell actually. So he goes by the author's name. Um, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let uh, um, Sean comment on, on um, whether there's, uh, you know, kind of what meaning he had to that, but just to briefly describe the story, basically, th that is the one where um, he wanders into and out of an incredible inheritance. So you have this this young man who's, um, he's he's told uh, at at some point in his life that that his life is defined by squandering what is given to him and that this is basically this is the inevitable fact of his life is that whatever he gets he will squander it and he's kind of put in a situation where he's given something very very great and very very valuable and he doesn't want to squander it but he's he's afraid that that in the end he will and um I don't know. I really, you, you have to read the story for yourself, but when you do, you, you kind of, you know, what I took out of it is this is like a contemplation, kind of like Sean was saying, like, you know, we live in, in a post world. We live, if it, it, it feels like everything has been done. So sometimes for, you know, especially like young white people uh, to look around at, at the at society around them and what it says about them and what it says about their history, um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of like lose all of your rootedness and kind of like, forget why you're supposed to do anything and why you're supposed to struggle and like, you know, why you should have a responsibility to your inheritance and why you should uh, seek to maintain it. Um, so I think that's yeah. um, what I'm going to say about that one without giving too much away. Well, Taylor, I totally forgot, Taylor, that I uh, 
that I put my name on that character. That's a that's a funny thing sitting here these several <laughs> years later. Um, but yeah, man, that's I, I I suppose that has something to do with fear of success, right? And just just like the the idea that even were I to be granted the opportunity to do something momentous in the interest of good and justice, like I don't know, I think probably most people have have that voice that says, Oh, but that's not you. You're you're the guy who drops the ball at the at the goal line to do a sports ball, you know, metaphor. But to make that more you know not as if I'm saying it dictating it to the audience, I reflected that back on myself. I think that was probably what I was thinking about with that. Well, uh, Taylor and Sean, this is Keith. Whenever I hear the term post as a, uh, a you know, in a like post-war, post-modern, uh, things like this, it kind of uh, gives you a sense of, uh, you know, that a blaseness or something or being blase or ennui that somehow we've run out of energy. Uh, and I really don't know whether we're in a post-modern uh, era or a pre-white era or something. You know, I don't know what which way things are breaking. What do you guys think? Good question. Ooh, uh, well, I think that um, <laughs> it's... Uh, I, who I'm wants sorry, to take that, that, that hot potato? Uh I'll just I, I think it's it's up to us. It's it's what we make of it. We have to prove ourselves up to the task. I'll, I'll hand it over to Sean. Oh, I, I guess I'm maybe a little more pessimistic. I think like uh, so much of the momentum that we've gotten is more a factor of the incompetence and the inability of our uh, oppressors to to to, I, I feel that they've sort of like gotten high on their own supply of ideology, well, you know, and they're... there's this scene I would butcher it, but between Mel Gibson and Checky Cairo in uh, The Patriot, where he talks about how corn. We'll be right back. We'll tell you about it when we come back. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. President Biden is making it clear that Israel has full U.S. support. In this moment of tragedy, I want to say to them and to the world and to terrorists everywhere that the United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. Biden spoke in front of reporters at the White House Saturday about the Hamas surprise attack on Israel. The president was visibly angry when he spoke of civilians who were killed and entire families that were taken captive by Hamas. Biden said there is never justification for terrorist attacks and Israel has a right to defend itself and its people. He also had a stern warning against any party hostile to Israel wanting to exploit the attacks for their own benefit. A United Airlines flight to Tel Aviv is being diverted back to San Francisco and numerous flights are being canceled after the Hamas attacks on Israel. Weekend flights to Tel Aviv on United as well as on American and Delta Airlines are listed as canceled. Several airlines around the world announced that they are canceling flights to Tel Aviv as well as a result of the fighting. The United flight had originated from San Francisco and was flying over Greenland when it was diverted. The largest health care strike in U.S. history will end without a contract deal. Kaiser Permanente employees will begin returning to work at hospitals in California, Colorado, Oregon, and Washington. 
A Kaiser spokesperson has confirmed that another bargaining session will be held October 12th. A union representative says the two sides remain far apart on the issue of wages. Kaiser employees are seeking annual pay raises and higher staffing levels. First-class mail could cost you even more. The United States Postal Service says it wants to raise the price of stamps another two cents starting next January to 68 cents. The cost of stamps has increased 16 cents since 2019. The proposal, which must be approved by the Postal Regulatory Commission, comes as first-class mail volume fell 3% last year to its lowest level in 50 years. First-class mail accounted for just over $24 billion in revenue last year. I'm Jeremy Scott. And this is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Back, ladies and gentlemen, we are with Sean Bell, the author of Post, with a hyphen, just Post, if you go to antelopebillpublishing.com, you'll find it about uh, in the middle of the page there, Taylor Hill, uh, excuse me, uh, Sean Bell, uh, Antelope Hill, <laughs> Taylor Young of Antelope Hill uh, Publishing's uh, editorial board, and what a great year it's been of collaboration with uh, Taylor and Antelope Hill and all of its authors. But, uh, gentlemen, I was saying before the break, there's a scene in the movie The Patriot that came out in 2000, Mel Gibson. And he's talking with uh, one of his French allies in this particular scene. And they're talking about how Cornwallis knew that his victories were perfect. And Mel Gibson says, we can use that against him. And his French counterpart says, I would prefer incompetence. He says, no, overconfidence will do. And I'm actually kind of bullish on the way things uh, are going right now. I I, I think that uh, there's just no way. I, I don't think there's any way that the current order uh, is able to endure. Uh, it, civilizations empires rise and fall i think that um we're living in interesting times is the old chinese curse well but we'll see how it goes but until then we'll continue to read great content from antelope hill but uh anyway folks um but i do agree that the old order is dying off in some certain way i just don't know what is replacing it but something is going to replace it and it seems to me that we may be in a very energetic era are on the cusp of it. Well, I mean, you just look at all the unprecedented things that are happening, and Keith and I will cover this in the final segment tonight. One more segment uh, here now uh, with Taylor Young of uh, Antelope Hill Publishing and, and Sean Bell, uh, an author there. Um, but, uh, Sean, a couple of questions to you very quickly, uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll Taylor wrap it up. You wrote to me in an email this week that you have a very vague thing that you've been thinking about uh, and that it seems that guys in the movement – are generally rather conservative in their personality type. 
that there's a tendency to valorize very conservative life outcomes like emphasis on marriage, children, financial and career success. And you're not saying that that's a bad thing, uh, but it's just an interesting thing. Uh, that what we're building here, what Antelope Hill has, has, has done uh, such a big part in building this art scene, this, um, you know, uh, not just autobiographical things or things that are topical, but uh, works of fiction, works of art. They cater to an audience that is quite conservative in temperament. So uh, that, that, that would be a question uh, here for you now. Is the image of this bohemian Steppenwolfian artist uh, a libtard cliche? Uh, because certainly we can think of counterexamples of artists who live quiet, conventional lives, as you ask. And are also productive. Yeah, you're you're asking me my own question. I, I no, I'm, read, I yeah, I'm it, reading it yeah, as you no, wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the reason I called it a vague thing is because there's it, it, the the thought rests on so many different propositions that I don't feel that I've like fully buttressed. So like the idea that guys in the movement are of conservative temperament. That's sort of the that's sort of a read that I've got, but I would be willing to be to to accept pushback on that. What do what do we mean by conservative temperament? You know, uh, yeah, it, I, I there's a book that I'd recommend to people. I mentioned it in my uh, message to you, but it's called The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. How good people can be divided by politics, right? And and it it sort of goes into the quantitative psychology of how conservative temperamented people differ from liberal people. And uh, it seems to me that in order to deal with the uh, situations which we are likely to see, right? Because I do agree with you, fellas, that the uh, that the current order is not long for this world. Things seem to be getting more and more out of control. Uh, the sorts of people, I would argue, who are best suited to navigate untested waters that have never been charted before are precisely the uh, the, the, the personality archetype that uh, that author I mentioned, Jonathan Haidt, characterizes as liberal, right? Which is, which is generally about openness to experience and willingness to embrace the unknown, whereas conservatism is more about... Uh, doing doing things doing things right and very attentively and precisely but you see the way things have happened now is that they've flipped the paradigm they, they used to be the free speech advocates on the left now they're the censors um maybe you know maybe our side is going to flip and be the open and uh inventive type well i tell you what if you put me in control i wouldn't be <laughs> subject. <laughs> but but it's a good it's a good thought exercise well i, I think if i could uh, jump in I, I think this is another scenario in which um you know the um the, you know the, the people who have seized our our countries and like made a mockery out of the idea of democracy and in in every way like perverted all the institutions that we built they've like created the, this division in these two like aspects of our characters like yeah like sean is saying you could look at kind of like the the type of person that a liberal is and and you see some positive aspects in there you can certainly look at a conservative and and you see many positive aspects in there as well you know you see the the hard work um you know the the belief in like individual liberty uh you know the care for family and and like these are these are all 
kind of aspects of our character as as a people you have that you have like the openness to experience you know the ability to learn um and to like go beyond and these are all things that ultimately we're going to have to like reunite and bring back together so that they, they both can serve our cause instead of like you know having having these different aspects of our the character of our of our people that that built our civilization be in opposition to each other uh, Sean, this is a that's a, a fantastic point, Taylor. But uh, Sean, this is another question that uh, you and I had uh, gathered in our email exchange earlier this week. But how should we think of the avant-garde? And uh, no doubt, uh, we all here on the program tonight are suspicious of the notion of progress. Uh, and certainly, there are innumerable examples of the novelties undertaken in art purely for the sake of quote-unquote progress, which end up uh, abominable. But there are good reasons, too, to engage in innovation if it results yeah. in the work of art hitting the audience harder. Right, and, and I, that's, that's exactly where I was going to take this. Um, I think that the things that art says, when it's true and good and touching and authentic, they're, they're actually very simple things, right? Because actually i think life or at least a well-lived life isn't that complicated it's mostly about like working hard at something that is meaningful and appreciated by other people and it's about like love and friendship and community and stuff right so so but i maybe this is just me being a a, a uh, creature of my time but saying that straight up almost uh turns my stomach it's like uh it's it's like too sugary for me it's too hallmark card we we need this layer of irony which you know that itself becomes a problem uh but but i i, I think what artistic experiments do or artistic innovations do is allow us to say the same thing over and over again in such a way that the listener doesn't roll his eyes, you know, it's it's almost like misdirection, which makes it seem like a cheap parlor trick. But I I, I don't know. Th I'm thinking out loud, but I think that might be what it is, right? Like I, I take a certain sort of person, and and do something that you know. Hopefully, if I write correctly, I can I can delight their mind so that their mind stops protecting their heart, and I can say something that's like. You know the things that the heart cares about. Like I said, they're they're real, real simple things. So simple that your mind might reject them. I don't know. Well, Sean, I will tell you this: uh, what I do know is that it's been an honor to get to know you better tonight. I would highly recommend your book, Post with a hyphen. If you go to antelopehillpublishing.com, folks, you just do a Control F search for Post, you'll find it, and it comes with the editorial boards. I'm talking about all the great books there, I, and I read uh, a little bit of thrilling adventures among the early settlers to my son at night. I, I've mentioned this several times over the course of the year. There is so much, and, and I mean this in the very best sense of the word, there is so much diversity at antelopehillpublishing.com. You, you'll want to check it out, but uh, for, for Taylor to have said that this is a book among all of the books that they have printed and published that you need to check out. Uh, well, it's hard to argue. Post by Sean Bell. And uh, it is hard to believe, Taylor, how quickly these past few months have flown by. We have about a minute remaining. But I have, uh, and I say again, greatly enjoyed the collection of outstanding guests that you have provided the program this year. 
uh, and you've done a wonderful job of handling that. I would say I'm looking here at uh, The Sword of Christ uh, by Giles Corey and with a foreword by uh, Kevin McDonald, our good friend. That is a provocative uh, combination. Maybe we want to do that in December, uh, but I want to thank you both for coming on tonight and Taylor again. Uh, the the years, year-long work we've done together uh, and, of course, Sean tonight. Uh, 30 seconds remaining. Taylor, the final word is yours. All right. Well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just uh, I don't know how to follow it up, but I'm, I'm very happy as well to have uh, been able to connect you with with uh, some of our authors and get to discuss some of our books. It's always really wonderful being on here. So um, I hope your audience has enjoyed. I would encourage them to check out the book, check out the rest of our books. And uh, we'll have uh, and we'll, we'll have more coming out. Dot com. We'll stay in touch. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Sean. Knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T.com, MericaFirst.com. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness, and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com That's my favorite. In the cool of the evening Everything is getting kind of groovy I call you up and ask you If you'd like to go with me and see a movie First you say no You've got some plans for the night And then you stop and say Time of the season, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? It's October. It is the harvest time for our ancient European forebears. It, is... it is particularly significant for James because, one, the weather's getting cooler. You know how much I love that. And he also has a special part in his childish heart for Halloween. <laughs> you know I do. And uh, you know we'll be getting to that later this month. It is October, after all. 
but it is really, I mean, going back to our ancestral DNA this time of year meant so much. I mean, uh, you know, certainly it, it got really cold in Northern Europe. <laughs> so if you weren't yeah. ready uh, to, to, get, yeah. <laughs> uh, to get down to business yeah. by, in October, uh, you weren't going to make it very much longer. Yeah, and so, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, our, our big, beautiful brains developed there in that climate. And so here we are now. But uh, hey, Keith, just quick, give me 30 seconds and maybe 60 Great show. <laughs> Great. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's a little bit of everything tonight. Yeah, well, Steve King is without peer as far as I'm concerned. He's an insider who's one of us, and he really wants to tell the truth about what goes on up there. And that type of person is rare indeed, folks. And it's our pleasure and our privilege to produce shows with content makers like him. He can tell exactly from first-hand experience what is going down in uh, the deep state and i think that type of information is invaluable today columbus columbus of course is probably uh second only to jesus christ in terms of, <laughs> of, of, of now we're reporting on the blasphemous no i don't want to be blasphemous I, but what i mean in terms of mortal men he was the you know uh, the light bearer. He was the one that basically opened up our horizons, and in, uh, he, he discovered a new world uh, that we can populate and try to correct some of the mistakes that were made in the old world. Uh, you know, it's really kind of remarkable that we are so blessed to live in this continent that has two large moats protecting us called the Atlantic and Pacific Ocean. There's no reason for us to ever have gotten into any foreign wars. In fact, our ancestors specifically warned us about that. George Washington warned us about that in his farewell address. And by golly, what have we done now? We've become the warmongers of the world. And we need to get away from that. We need to go back to the wisdom of our founding fathers. And the original founding father, you know, not in terms of our government, but in terms of our world, is Christopher Columbus. That's right. That's right. That's a good. That's a good line. I I agree with that. And um, uh, that that was our second hour. And then always good to talk to the guys at Antelope Hill uh, tonight. Got Taylor Young content in there and, and Sean. It, yeah, and they like to share it with us. Good. <laughs> They're very like generous in that Shore. regard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know there is really great stuff there. And uh, again, I, I think uh, that book, The Sword of Christ, Giles Corey, it's got the Orthodox Christian symbol as its a front page, and uh, of course uh, a foreword by the evolutionary psychologist uh, Kevin McDonald. Uh, so that 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 makes it doubly uh, provocative. Uh, as you read my uh, magazine, there, Keith. Now. We're not going to mention what you're. No, no, don't even mention it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, great show all the way around. A lot of lot of uh, diversity tonight. Again, we hate to use that word, except but when we diversity, like to use it. Well, it's really a good term that's been hijacked by the left. For sort of like gay. Purposes. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> when our hearts were light and gay, you know, and stuff like that. Don, we now are gay apparel. Right. Yeah. But, uh, that. Definitely has a double entendre meeting today, but uh, we are old-fashioned, and we're unashamedly old-fashioned, and we know that, you know, we have not improved upon... It's like Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, the, the past is prologue. All right, you got to get on your mic, though. Well, what I was going to say, though, is that we have not 
improved upon the world that we were bequeathed. I was reading something with another guy that's about my age, and he says, what has happened to our society since 1950 is unprecedented and, quite frankly, jaw-dropping because it's hard to imagine that in one person's lifetime we could descend so low from being so high before. Yeah, I mean, think of when you were born. What year? Don't, 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 don't take don't, don't, don't well, it. Well, around 1950, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. You just said 51. So I guess yeah, you well, 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 just think about this. That's when America was at its zenith in terms of power and, and uh, prestige and wealth. And what has happened since then? We have, uh, like uh, Blowtorch Mason said, we've squandered our inheritance for a mess of pottage. We have allowed ourselves and our, our, our young people, our wealth, our inventiveness to be hijacked and used for un- improper and unworthy purposes. All right. And we need to get back on the, uh, you know, solid track, you know, the old path. How, how do we only have a few minutes remaining? Great show tonight. Variety show. I mean, truly a variety show. Yep. As you said many years ago, we were the Lawrence Welk show of the alt-right. What was then the alt-right? <laughs> <laughs> Except we still, we're still here. And now the Lennon sisters. Right? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, Brad Griffin, and a show is not complete unless we quote Brad, right? Yeah, that's right. All right, so let's do it here before we we wrap up. Brad writes uh, at Occidental Descent, nearly everything that is happening in politics these days, the most recent example being the demise of Kevin McCarthy, is a bright flashing light about our civic health. In blue states, the sole purpose of law is to reward friends and punish political enemies. Trump is now leading uh, Joe Biden in the rear clear politics average. Ironically, it is because Joe Biden and the Democrats are perceived as a greater threat to American democracy with a lowercase d, not the capital D that the Washington Post uses it. Trump uh, has the mugshot to prove it. The great threat to democracy has been arrested four times and faces a thousand years in prison. Uh, But you know what? In spite of all that, his following is as loyal as ever, and they are not going to accept Brand X. They want him in there, and they're not going to accept anything else. And boy, I tell you what, uh, something's got to something give. I tell you what, I, I'll tell you what. I can't wait to have Steve King back on in December when we do a little a celebration of the Savior. We'll do a little Christmas. Uh, and we'll do a little, what do you see, Congressman, coming up in 2024? Because here, here's the deal. The legal order is breaking down into a blue zone and a red zone way of doing things. In the blue zone, you have this entrenchment of the new social justice system. It's driving out millions of political refugees to the red state. So there's like a total resorting. You're going to have the reddest of the red and the bluest of the blue. A lot of the, you know, why, why have our property values here in uh, the South doubled in the last couple of years? It's because you've got so many people coming in from places like California, New York, and elsewhere, blue states, uh, that are driving them up they because they're trying some, to get away from it. They need some relief. Believe me, they, uh, they come down here... Like true refugees, these are the real asylum seekers, not the people coming across the Texas-Mexican border, but the people coming down from New York and now over from California. Now, we would uh, be out of bounds to not at least mention this, and I don't want to go too deep into it. We don't have the time to do it, but uh, the second front in World War III may have opened up today. I mean, certainly you had uh, the Russian-Ukrainian front, but uh, now you've got what's going on. What's going on in Israel? Uh, I mean... uh, 
Ahab, uh, as Ray Stevens called him. Ahab to Arab. Yeah. Ahab uh, t- did a number on the Israelis today, if you're listening live, uh, here on Saturday. The fighting started in Ukraine over a year ago. Israel is now um, about to use this as an excuse to go to war with Iran. How long will it be until China invades Taiwan? We're about to be engulfed in something. I mean, everything is unraveling. Folks, I don't think as you sit Minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day, week to week, show to show, if, if you can pick up on it. But I've been talking about it in all of my stops this year. I talked about it at Amrin. Something is happening. This whole thing is unraveling at, at pace. Uh, and, and, and now you have not only the situation in you know, uh, the, the Eastern Europe, but now what's happened in, in Israel today. Uh, now, what should we do about what's going on in Israel today? Let me tell you this. We need to do exactly what the Israelis are doing about the Russian-Ukraine war, which is absolutely nothing, sitting back with their arms folded. This is not <laughs> our fight. We do not need to be drawn into it. Uh, but it is and, interesting. It is they, interesting. And, and the Israelis have nuclear weapons. They have all of our weapon systems probably improved over the versions that we have. They There is no reason for this. It, it, you know, they're, they they tend to be pretend they're liberal but they're the most uh hidebound i tell you what if i could be as racially homogenous and as uh, authoritarian and as nationalistic as the uh israelis are in their uh, domestic agenda we'd be doing pretty good exactly they they don't have a border problem they don't have any problem with a border wall they they did they did today (laughs) well well they have these groups but then on the other hand what they're doing that is never uh reported on or you know the depredations against Palestinians that live in their midst. So, you know. Well, that's the thing. I think it's that uh, when, you know, what happened today, look, there has been unrest in that part of the world. Since the beginning of recorded history, there will always be unrest in that part of the world. And there will always be atrocities on both sides, as there have been. But it's interesting, you know, when you see a little Palestinian kid with a dirt clod get run over by an Abrams tank, I'm exaggerating a little bit here. But when you see that, uh you don't see that, but when you see what happened today, and it was it was something. I mean, you're seeing rapes, you're seeing uh, all kinds of uh, violence, but you know you certainly see that. That that does make it through the filters, and you 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 see that on your social media and in your news reports. You don't see it when it's uh, the shoes on the other foot and they're doing it on the other side. And that's why I say, as you said, uh, it's not our fight. It's not our fight. We need to just sit back the way that the Israelis do on the Russian-Ukraine conflict. All right. Well, a lot of unrest in the Middle East, in the Holy Land, if you will. Uh, go to Occidental Descent. It uh, makes you understand what a blessing it is to live in America rather than in the so-called old world where all of the wars and all the old animosities are just uh, as fresh today as they were 2,000 years ago. Thank you, everybody, who contributed to the program tonight. Go to Occidental Descent if you have the eyes to see it. Pretty gruesome stuff what's going on in the Middle East today. Uh, but you can take a look at it if you want to. I think people need to know uh, where are we going in the next year. Next year is going to be unlike anything hang you on have tight. ever seen. It's like a roller coaster ride. Let's hang on tight. Hang on together. Let's hang on <laughs> to, to what, what we've, we've got. got. <laughs> Good night, everybody.